wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're looking at the Bible, Jesus and the end times. And today we ask, did Jesus ever talk about the end times? Today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginals, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome to you, Eric. Yeah, great to be back, Gary. Good to be, what a great day, beautiful day. I tell you what, we're really getting, this is far too chilly at the present time for uh, for, for my liking. I, uh, I'm i one of those people that does go walking very early in the morning and uh, it, the last few mornings has actually been quite chilly. And at night, coming in pretty cold at night, I felt it. But uh, I love the warmth too and today, and it's going to get warm. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really quite uh, uh, quite a significant uh, change that's uh, that's happened at the present time. But well, uh, Tarek, tell me, have you ever thought of doing some further study? Now I know that you're coming up for uh, full retirement uh, very soon. But I just came across. I I love a, a website it's called Sunny Skies with a Z on the uh, on the end, and it's got all these wonderfully inspiring little stories of uh, people who are actually doing uh, good things in their world right now. And I stumbled upon, uh, this is uh, one that's only just come up. It was released February 7 uh, this uh, this year, so just, uh, just two days ago. And it was entitled, 104-Year-Old Man Finishes His Doctoral Thesis and Solves a 200-Year-Old Enigma. Now, this is what the, uh, what the article says. A 104-year-old man in Colombia, this is, of course, America, credits COVID-19 lockdown for helping him finally complete his dissertation. Now, there's a picture of him here in, in this article, and I've got to admit, he certainly doesn't look like 104. Uh, Lucio, who lives in uh, Medullin, uh, received a bachelor's degree originally in civil engineering at the National University of Columbia, uh, then earned a master's degree in science and technology from the University of Manchester in England, but he did it seven decades ago. That's 70 years ago. He's been working on his PhD thesis for 30 years, basically since he retired. A complicated maths problem was needed to be solved before his thesis could be finished, and it happened just this year. My PhD, he explained, is about determining the maximum amount of water that can be sustainably taken from a river for energy or for other purposes. The enigma is not new. It's been there for more than 200 years. We've known about it, but Lucio says he managed to solve it. If his dissertation is approved, he will earn his doctorate title. He has six children. 12 grandchildren, six great-grandchildren. Uh, 
He was married for 67 years before his wife passed away and he told the local press that family has been my biggest achievement. Eric, I love this. I think this is really wonderful. Are you interested in going for your uh, doctoral degree, maybe doing 30 years of study? I mean, you are only a young man yet. (laughs) Well, good on this fellow, eh? Good on him. I mean, you know, us older people can do these things, you know. As for me, well, I don't think my mind's quite there for that. Um, I, I've actually been thinking about things when I do retire more, and you know, I'm I'm actually going to do some courses and things. Yeah, uh, things that I'd like to do that I've never sort of. I'd like to do a bit of woodworking and stuff. Yeah, but not but not this sort of thing. Not that's that good, sort of study. Good on to him. 104. Wow, that's amazing. That is. A, I I have to admit, I have a uh, my uh, my father-in-law just recently passed away. Now he was 90, uh, 96 apart passed away over the, the Christmas holidays and uh, I had to admire his stamina because right up to his last, probably his last month, uh, he he did such one, he was able to maintain such a marvellous level of activity and uh, I remember him uh, talking to the uh, to the financiers and they're asking him, would you like to set long-term or short-term financial goals? And his response was, give me long-term goals. <laughs> I'm going to need that money further down the, you know, and this positive outlook seems to be something that is in virtually every person who lives this longer, advanced life. Yeah, well, I think, you know, one of the main things is to keep the mind sharp and uh, and doing things like this is wonderful. I think it's good for all of us to take note of this. And, yeah. and we are living longer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so why not do something, you know, later in life? I, think I know I'm one of those people who actually does really enjoy, I actually enjoy study and actually doing some reading. Mm. And uh, increasingly what I'm conscious of, however, is that we're actually in a society where very little reading is actually occurring. Well, my wife, she really loves reading. She goes through book after book. But just at Christmas time, we bought her a set of headphones and she's got the audio books online. Wow. And wow. so <laughs> we're in bed. She's got them on listening away to that. And I'm reading a book, so. But she really enjoys it, and and you know, and and the way that that the guy is telling the story keeps her interest. So she's gone through many books just listening. You can to certainly it. do that when you're sitting in the car a great deal as yeah. well, because it's amazing how many books you can actually cover. I know I've a number of times I've actually read this Bible, if calling it mm. listening to the Bible, is reading the Bible. Mm. I've actually read right through the Bible just by sitting in the time that I've been sitting in my car. Mm. Uh, it's quite remarkable the way the that time does actually mount up. Mm, yeah, right. yeah. Look, let's come to uh, one other uh, thing that isn't quite so so positive. I um, I stumbled across something else in a religious news segment, and this came from the Senate Democrats, of course, in the in America. And uh, the article from uh, the website uh, Christian Headlines said this: "Chilling" was the title of the uh, of the article. Senate Democrats defeat a measure protecting babies who survive abortion. And this is what the article said. Senate Democrats, and now of course this is America, on Thursday defeated an amendment that would have allowed for penalties for doctors who failed to provide health care for babies who successfully survived full-term abortions. Now get this, you know, to me to be aborting babies at full term is no different to child abuse. 
Yeah, I mean, how, how did we get to this point? And, and I mean, this is being debated in South Australia at the present time. I cannot yeah. believe uh, what I am seeing and hearing, and to think that our politicians see no difference between child abuse and full-term ab- abortions. This amendment, I'll just share with you what, what they said. This amendment would have required that doctors give a baby who survives an abortion the same health care as any other baby at that age. It would have allowed for the creation of criminal and civil penalties for providers who fail to exercise the same degree of care for babies who survive full-term abortion as would have been provided to another child born at the same gestational age. Every baby, every baby is born with dignity, is created in God's image, and he or she deserves care. This amendment is aimed at making sure that babies who survive abortions, full-term abortions, get the same degree of care that any other newborn would. There's nothing partisan about that. Unfortunately, this amendment was lost. I, when I read that, I thought, this is what an horrific world we're actually living in. Attempt to abort a full-term baby and then regard the baby as simply a fetus rather than as a a child simply because the child is not wanted. How does this strike you, Eric? Oh, it's shocking, absolutely shocking. It uh, it makes me feel so cold about things, you know. Um, you know, like there's so many people that are wanting to adopt and can't actually adopt these days. Yeah. And, you know... Um, Recent, not long ago, there was actually an advert on um, uh, a series on TV that uh, a news uh, presenter talked about um, a church that actually put up a, a sign by the anti-abortionist that was talking about this and yeah. it was sort of promotion not to do it. The neighbours all around complained about it and the church had to take the sign down Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, about that, which was really sad to me. But this is... It's almost as though our community doesn't want to know about this particular issue. But, you know, our community is so um, active about um, uh, child abuse. And, Mm. you know, if we if we abused a one day old baby, Mm. uh, the person would be thrown into prison and rightly so. Yeah, that's right. And yet a full term baby that is delivered and is still alive can still be regarded as a fetus because the baby is unwanted. What an horrendous world we're actually living in. Yes, you'd be taken to court if you uh, did something to a baby after it was born and yeah. at a normal yeah. birth. Yeah. But you can abort right up to there. I, I think it's really, really cruel, and it's really child abuse. It really it is. is. It is. And uh, when the doc, you know, when they're trying to get through that a, a baby who has been aborted and, and uh, there's something medically wrong, then they can't even help. I think that's terrible. I mean, what's going on? It's selective. It really is selective. Yeah. 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 No. It's and horrible. you know, and this is an issue that has been. St- Still being debated in the South Australian Parliament. To me, this one is just so clear cut. You know, when when is it possible that a politician will stand up on a moral issue and simply say, "This is enough. Uh, I don't need the votes of those who uh, want to uh, abuse children like this." Well, this is the thing, you know, Gary. When you come to politics, you know, you've obviously got Christian politicians there. Do they toe the party line, or do they actually, you know, stand yeah. up and make a stand yeah. on a moral issue like this? Yeah. So important, and yeah. uh, we need to we need to also stand up and say, you know, this isn't right Yeah, uh, ourselves yeah. Uh, as well as those around us because to accept it 
it's just so wrong. This is. I know. I've written my letters to the yeah. uh, to politicians in the South Australian Parliament about the action which they. And I know it's different to the one that uh, certainly has occurred over there in America. But there are incredible similarities to this. There is a move on afoot at the present time where uh, our world itself seems to be spiralling uh, in a direction that is uh, quite frightening. Look, let's come to some uh, uh, some music. Uh, love uh, uh, this uh, this particular uh, song. This is uh, the Lesser Lights Collective, and it's called the King Dreams. In the ancient land Chaldea, in the mind of a troubled king, came a dream of power and meaning. Yet the dreamer forgot everything. But another who dreams of our future. We'll never forget what he sees So let's believe this dreamer, please The forgetter was Nebuchadnezzar Who called his magicians in But they couldn't see much there And they trembled with fear and chagrin Oh children, remember the spirit Who knows every dream we've dreamed Who tells us we are highly esteemed The king dreams He sees the future Our deliverance and lives The king dreams When every dreamer fails The King of Dreams holds us fast Is His faith the faith of Jesus That inspires us to believe In our brokenness He sees us as what we will be the king dreams the king dreams the astrologers asked for the dream first the king knew they bargained for time they said only the gods can interpret that's when the king
That was the Lesser Light Collective, The King's Dream. Uh, how relevant is that to the subject that we're talking about today? We have a free offer for you today. If you'd like to uh, uh, receive a free gift from us, this is The Amazing Facts, uh, Hidden Truth magazine. This is a real beauty. It has so much uh, in this magazine. It's a simple magazine, uh, but you will really love it. If you would like a copy of The Amazing Facts, Hidden Truth magazine, just text, uh, don't don't ring, just text uh, your uh, your name, your address and your telephone number. Name, address and telephone number to 0488 880811. That number again, 0488 880811. Just text your request. That's with your name, your address and your phone number to 0488 880811. 811. And we'll send you today's uh, gift. Just please request just hidden truth so we know which particular uh, gift that you are, you are requesting. Uh, also, if you've got uh, a comment or a question about our subject of today, feel free also to text that same number. That'll come through to our studio. That's 0488 880811. Any comments, any questions you might have, uh, we'd love to be able to respond if we're able. Uh, on on air uh, to uh, to those questions. Uh, also, this weekend, uh, Pastor David Butcher, who accompanies me here on uh, on Wednesday, he's going to be preaching at the Brighton Seventh Day Adventist Church, Church, Amelia Street, The Hove. That's eleven o'clock on Saturday, and that's going to be on the subject that we're talking about this week. The Bible, Jesus, and the end times. You'll be inspired. It's fantastic to see the people that came uh, last uh, last weekend. We'd love to have you uh, come and join join with us. So, if you'd like a copy of that Hidden Truth magazine, or you'd like to make a comment or a question, that number again is o four double eight double eight o. 811. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and our co-host today is Eric Hoare and Eric's the uh, minister uh, to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're looking at the subject the Bible, Jesus and the End Times. And today we ask did Jesus ever talk about the end times? Just uh very recently, LifeWay Research uh, pass, uh, sent out a um, some research that they had done. They uh, they rang uh, approximately a thousand pastors from an evangelical uh, background uh, in the early part of 2020. Uh, the survey was sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. They called a list of uh, random pastors, simply drawn but drawn from an evangelistic and uh, an ev- evangelical uh, background. And the question they put was, uh, do you see any evidence of the end times in current events? And this was their conclusion. Almost nine in ten pastors see at least some current events matching those Jesus said would occur shortly before he returns to earth, uh, according to a new survey focused on uh, Christian study of end times. The study from Nashville-based LifeWay Research of pastors at evangelical churches found 97% said they believed Jesus Christ would literally and personally return to earth again. 
Daryl Bock, New Testament Studies Professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, noted that the Bible has several lists of potential signs of Jesus' return, like the Olivet Discourse, passages of Matthew 24 and 25, Mark 13, Luke 21, and some include concepts of major global, global events. At least three in four pastors, according to the survey, agree that Jesus was referring to current events, including the rise of false prophets and false teachings. The love of many believers were growing cold. Traditional morals are becoming less accepted. Wars and national conflict, earthquakes and other natural disasters, and people abandoning their Christian faith. Only one in ten pastors say they didn't consider any of these uh, any of these as part of the birth pains to which Jesus was referring. For too long, the article says, many pastors have shied away from teaching on birth pains and events leading up to the second coming. Uh, one best-selling author. Uh, said, but the current pandemic demonstrates the need for solid, non-sensational preaching done in a biblical manner. You know, Eric, that to me is a question I think that we we do have to acknowledge. Uh, do you think that there has been a shift away from in churches generally from preaching on this issue of the second coming? Yes, I do. I think uh, uh, often we don't hear it uh, enough, I don't think. Okay. Really what's happening around the world. I, I think we need to hear more and more of it and, and take notice of the events in the world, things that are happening in, in, that, uh, in the background that you can actually easily search out and find. Yeah. When you consider how much of the New Testament yeah. actually refers oh. to this advent of Jesus Christ, and I know you're going to come to this, yeah. but you know, when you look at that, yeah. you turn around and you say, hey, you know, the emphasis that Christ and the apostles put on this issue was, was absolutely huge. Yes, that's right. And the disciples were really keen to know when, when how's it going, all this going to end? Yeah. They really yeah. wanted to know. And, um, I mean, Matthew 24, Mark 13, and Luke. 21 almost run parallel when you read them. Yeah, take us through it. What's actually going on. Yep. So what happened is the disciples really wanted to know it. Let's have a look at Matthew 24 verse 3 Um, and it says, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? But the thing that Jesus, why Jesus gave a reply is actually found in 24 1 and 2 because they came to him, they just come out of the temple and they said to Jesus, do you not see all these things? Uh, they wanted to show him the temple and it's interesting because this temple was their whole world, you know, they mm. wanted to... Uh, to know, um, look, have a look at the temple. And, you know, this temple was a beautiful temple. Uh, Josephus writes that it was 70 feet long, 10 foot wide, and 8 foot deep. That's, that's an amazing building. Yeah. And he said not only was it big, but it was beautiful. It had uh, the historian Josephus said that the temple was covered with gold plates at uh, the top of it. When the sun shone at it, it was like it was so blinding uh, there were blocks of marble throughout the walls. Yeah. It was absolutely beautiful. And yet in verse three, uh, in verse two, sorry, he says, and Jesus said to them, do not all the, do not see all these things. Surely I say to you, not one stone will be left another. 
that shall not be thrown down. So they actually thought that the destruction of the temple would be when Christ would come. Yeah, okay. That's so there's thought. this th- this link is certainly certainly there in the minds of the apostles. But mm. you know, to me, the thing that's really interesting is that what we have are the disciples actually asking an incredibly relevant question. Mm. Do you know the thing I'm conscious of in my own ministry is that now for more than 35 years, uh, there is a, 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 a number of subjects that when you speak on them, you can be guaranteed that you will actually uh, have people come because they they want to hear answers to some very significant issues you know and this is one of those of those issues you know this issue of the end times is it real is it going to be a climax to this world's history Mm, that's right it's interesting that um, the disciples were with jesus only two and a half years they yeah. were with him for yes. only two and a half years, and they wanted to know, you know, about this, uh, about uh, what Jesus meant about this, you know, is this uh, temple being destroyed? And it actually happened uh, not long after, actually, when the Romans came in uh, AD 70, it was, 40 years later, the Romans came, and what happened was uh, they actually surrounded Jerusalem and uh, just flattened the city, and then with the temple, they actually burnt it. And what happened was this gold that was overlaid on the temple actually melted and ran through the rocks. And so they pulled it rock by rock off to get to the gold. And there was not one rock left unturned. And this is exactly what Jesus was for. But he was predicting what was going to happen to the thing that they revered the most. And then he said in verse 3, uh, the disciples came to him saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming? And of the end of the age. Now, my question to you, Gary, is this, because I thought about this one a bit. Were they talking about the second coming of Christ? Because did they not believe that he wouldn't, that, you know, they didn't believe that he would come again? So what are they talking about here? You mean with the, the questions that they're asking yes, him? Yes, he said, they said here, and what will the sign of your coming be? This coming, is this the second coming they've talked about? Talked yeah, about? yeah. They're, they're expecting that, uh, that they, that Christ has continually spoken about the second, his second coming. I mean, you could have, um, John chapter 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So, and I will come again as part of that, uh, that huge passage. Mm. Continually Christ is teaching on this particular issue. And of course, the disciples then come to him. It's a small group. This isn't one no. of the big public um, um, uh, preaching services like they had with the Sermon on the Mount, yep. but rather in a small group. His disciples come to him and say, you've been telling us about this second coming. When's it going to occur? Now, of course, Christ then starts to um, talk about the signs of his, his coming. And one of those things he mentions is you're going to see the destruction of Jerusalem. And, of course, some there were alive when that actually took place. Mm. And then he goes on and talks about other signs. And then finally he works to a climax that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world for a witness unto all nations. And then you're going to see the end come. And to me the thing that really jumps out at me, Eric, here is that uh, Christ believed in such a thing as the end. Mm. Well, when I looked at this and thought about it, I thought, well, why are they asking this? Because <clears throat> they didn't believe that, you know, he was in their minds, they couldn't understand how he could come back in three days. And, and, and 
uh, doing a bit of study, um, they are talking, I think the second coming has meant as coming a second time as a king, as, yeah. as taking over and, and putting down the Romans. I don't think they saw this as literally the second coming. I think they believed that he was going to come in great power and that he would actually rise up and and take over the uh, the Romans uh, uh, in this end here because they were asking him about this the second coming and the end of the age when this would all happen. Yeah. So I believe that I, I kind of feel they're that, actually asking yeah. more than one question here, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they're talking. There's certain expectation. You certainly find it in you know even in the early part of the gospel. I call it the gospel. Sorry, folks, of Acts. I call it a gospel because to me, there's so much good news in the book of Acts. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that really jumps out at me is that even in that particular book what we have is examples where the disciples were expecting Jesus to do something in the here and now. Mm. Now of course that develops as the Holy Spirit reveals more and more, you find uh, you find the uh, the disciples starting to share and uh, explain a lot more. You find the Apostle Paul does a wonderful thing when he talks in First um, Corinthians chapter fourteen, and it talks about you know the coming of Jesus Christ. It's talking about a thing called the resurrection, and slowly these things are tied together. You know, it's interesting in our understanding of Scripture. Uh, sometimes there's a principle of a Bible study that says here a little, there. A little. Um, sometimes the Lord only reveals uh, so much to one individual and then he reveals uh, more. But you know, mm-hmm. as throughout history, what we actually get is uh, more and more you get a beautiful picture uh, being painted when you take the entire revelation of the scriptures. Yes, and I, and I feel too, Gary, that the Jews are still waiting today for Jesus to come the first time. They yeah. didn't recognize the Messiah. And these guys here, the disciples, there's actually only four Four of them of the disciples, because over in uh, Mark thirteen, it talked about uh, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him these things. Yeah, four of this group, and uh, so they asked. Do you know, Gary, that um, one of the things that interests me is the Bible talks about the regathering of the Jewish people, and uh, from eighteen eighty, there were in eighteen eighty there were only ten thousand Jews left in Jerusalem. Ten thousand in eighteen eighty. Today there are six point six million. Jews mm-hmm. are there. And this is another sign, I believe, that the, the Jews are gathered in one place for Jesus to come again. And Jesus went on in verse 4 and he said, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many are coming in my name, saying I am the Christ, and will deceive many. So this is the one of the first, I think, signs, one of the first signals, one of the indications is that they were going to have a lot of pe- people being deceived. Mm. That aren't going to understand the scripture, yeah. and are going to be taken because we hear fake news today and all sorts. And it's hard to work out what's right and wrong. He starts off in each of the three gospels with that very first thing. What's that thing again? Say it. Says it says here. Uh, he answered and said to them, "What will be the sign?" of your coming in the end of the age. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying I am the Christ, and will deceive yeah, that, that What you've actually said one. there, Eric, is actually so incredibly important because what we actually find is that this issue of deception actually becomes a theme uh, throughout 
virtually the entire you'll read Matthew chapter 24 throughout the New Testament Christ is repetitious the apostles are are repetitious on this mm. uh, you know I love uh, Matthew 24 because you get this word deception you get it uh, being talked about there in verse verse 3 if you go down uh, in verse 11 it talks about false prophets will rise up and deceive many if you go to verse 24 uh, what you find is false Christ and false prophets will rise up and show great sign to deceive you know, if possible, even the elect. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to me, this is uh, this is huge. What Christ is actually saying here, but you know, we're living in a world today where we seem to have adopted fake news as uh, in toto. It's uh, it's something that we uh, we don't seem to mind too much. And in the religious world, what Christ said was that fake news is going to be everywhere. Uh, yeah, and but and also in the Christian world because we find the Bible under so much attack now, even in even by Christians themselves in various places. So this is going to be the very first thing is says don't be deceived because how are you going to know the truth? How are you going to be watching and waiting for Jesus to come if you don't know what the Bible says about those events? So that's the first thing. The second thing is you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Uh, see that you're not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but it says the end is not yet. Yeah. So what he's saying here, these are indications. It's like, um, it's like a child that's going to give birth. Uh, they get the pains and the pains become stronger and stronger. These are indicators. Yeah. So yeah. it's, but it says it's not going to, you know, it, it, the, the end's not yet. So these are going to things that are, are actually going to happen. It's interesting too that it goes on with the next one. It says, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, uh, and there will be famines, pestances, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of sorrow. So earthquakes, did you know that um, there are about twelve to 14,000 earthquakes per year or about 35 a day? Around the world, wow! And uh, it says that these are increasing, and and the the uh, size of them since two thousand and one have actually been increasing greatly. So this is the. The earthquake. So here we see first. You know, it's interesting, Eric. You know, there's so many that would actually put this definitely down to climate change, climate change. Yep. And yet, you know, I I look at this uh, at this world and uh, I see that Christ actually made some predictions here that are in our generation are actually being fulfilled. Mm. Uh, he didn't give reasons why it would actually take place, but he was able to correctly predict that this reality. Yes. That's right, and and the interesting thing to me, Gary, is in, in one of the ver- one of the uh, translations says we read that people will be hearing of wars, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. The words "hearing" and "various" means that many people in the world not personally experience these events, but will hear that they are taking place. Now, back a hundred years ago, two even two thousand years ago, you know, we have so much technology; people hear about it instantly. Yeah, now. yeah. Yeah. So this is another indicator that people will hear of these things almost immediately yeah. as in the time that we live. With our technology now, yeah. you can't, you know, we, we know what's happening on the other side of the world when these things are happening uh, with our technology. So we have these uh, people being deceived is one of the things, hearing of wars and rumours of wars, do not be troubled, but the end is not here yet. Nation rising against nation and there will be famines uh, pestilences and earthquakes in various places. You know, Gary, they reckon that two-thirds of the world live on two, less than $2 a day. Yeah. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of famine. And we actually don't realise, I think, Eric, you know, how how amazingly 
uh, blessed, can I use that word, we are in this particular country. Even even people who are at the at the very um, who are really struggling uh, are still far better placed than the majority of the world population. Mm. Uh, and you know, I, I sort of look at our country here, and uh, I say, hey, you know, we are we are abundantly blessed. And uh, you know, what Christ is is talking about here is something that does impact the vast majority of the world population. That's right. And the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. There's no doubt about that. And so uh, then, of course, in verse 9, it says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my sake. And then many will be offended and will betray one another. They will hate one another. So here we have in the Christian world a great hatred towards people that stand for Christ in in the last days. And you know, Eric, that is something that I'm noticing. In fact, we're going to be doing a, uh, an entire program on it. Uh, this issue of, um, increasing persecution around the world, particularly of, uh, of those who are following a Christian, the Christian faith. Uh, this is something that is becoming, uh, far more marked, uh, than was certainly the case even a few years ago. And even within our own country, I am conscious of uh, legislation that is now uh, coming into place. Yeah. That is going to negatively impact. You know, I uh, the Christian Church. I've actually never been aware of the Christian Church actually being hateful to anyone. Mm. Um, does it preach a repentance? Yes, yes, it does preach a repentance. And you know, uh, that is just uh, so important. It is so key to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, is it hateful? Do you know my my children? When I rescue my children from something that is dangerous. Is that something that is hateful? You know, I, I'm conscious of the changes that are happening in our world today. But Eric, please keep on going. I'm taking your That's your spot. Right. Well, and verse 21 says, uh, going along with that, it says, "For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time. No." nor ever shall be. So this is a, a tremendous tribulation. This is yeah. a tremendous hatred yeah. Yeah. right at the end of time before Christ comes. Uh, and then it says, too, that lawlessness will abound. So here we're going to see this this evilness, and the love of many will grow cold, but he who endureth to the end shall be saved. So what is this lawlessness? You know, it's a moral decay, as we've been talking about with what we're seeing happening today. I mean, I would never have believed that what you're talking about, the abortion laws, would ever take place. I never, ever thought that it would get to that I never thought it would, certainly in this country or in America. I thought that was so foreign to to people. But when, you know, when even our politicians are unable to stand up for moral issues, uh, when the politically correct action is the one that is repetitively followed, we have to ask which direction are we actually moving. Um, you know, this is this is one of the significant changes that has occurred within our world. Mm. But Eric, look, let's come to some sure. um, uh, come to some music because I'm conscious our time is starting to get away from us. Uh, let's come to Wendell Kimborough. Uh, I shall not be shaken. Love uh, Wendell on uh, on this subject. God alone, I wait in silence, my soul is still, 
before the Lord. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress strong. I'll trust in Him. I'll not be shaken. I'll not be shaken. For all my hope is in His love. From God alone comes my salvation. I'll wait and trust His steadfast love. But not your I shall not be shaken from the beautiful words of Psalm 62. Uh, love, uh, love that particular song. Uh, don't forget, we have a, have a free gift for you. If you would like the amazing facts, Hidden Truth magazine, you'll love this, uh, this magazine. It's colorful, it's glossy, and, uh, it deals so much, uh, hidden truth as it, as it says. If you would like the, your own copy of the Amazing Facts Hidden Truth magazine, please text your name, your address, your phone number. Just text it uh, to 0488 880 811. 
That number again, 0488-880-811. And just text your name, your address, your phone number with the um, comment Hidden Truth Magazine so we know exactly what offer uh, you are referring to. Uh, also, if you've got any comments or questions that you would like to ask, some questions we're able to uh, respond to on air, others we respond to privately. Uh, so if you have any comments or questions that you'd like to ask, you're most welcome to also text that number 0488 880811. Um, and of course this weekend Pastor David Butcher is preaching at the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in Amelia Street, The Hove. You'll love what he's got to share. He's going to be digging into the subject that we're talking about this week. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week we're looking at the Bible, Jesus and the end times and today we're asking did Jesus ever talk about the end times. Eric, you've covered so much ground already um, and there's so much more to go. I don't know how we're going to get get through it all. Share with us. Yes, well, what we've been talking about now are just indicators. The um, the earthquakes, the wars, the violence, the bit of deception of, uh, of uh, false Christs are only indicators. Jesus said that most of these are not indicators that the end has arrived these events are intended to tell us, is not intended to tell us a specific time of the second coming because no one knows yep. except the Father, but to remind us of the reality of his coming. There are two signs given in the Bible that actually tell us uh, are actual signs of the reality of when Christ is here. And the first is found in Matthew twenty four fourteen. It says, and this gospel of the kingdom we preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, then the end will come. So that is a specific sign that Jesus will return when that yeah, happens. Yeah. The second one is the other sign in verse 30 of 24. It says, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with a great shout of a trumpet, and they will together as elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So the two signs are that the gospel of Jesus Christ will be preached to all the world, a definite sign, and it says the end will come now. Mm. And the second one is the sign of the Son of Man. This is the end when Jesus appears in heaven. I really like um, uh, Pastor Matt, uh, verse 25, and it says, And there'll be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's heart falling from from their, from fear and the expectations of these things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. the finish. One of the thing, one of the passages that I've often uh, referred people to when they've spoken to me about this uh, this subject is uh, actually a, a passage is written by 
uh, Paul uh, to Second Timothy. And of course, Timothy is the last book that Paul ever, ever wrote. And it says this, but know this that in the last days, now I, I love this little passage, in the last days, perilous times will come. You know, I would have thought that Paul's times could have been described as perilous. You know, he was mm. shipwrecked so many times, he was flogged, he was stoned. All of these things happened to him. But he says, no, 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 no. In the end times, that's when the perilous times will come. Mm -hmm. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haunty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, then comes this phrase that that is a real wake-up call, I believe, for the Christian church today. A form Form of godliness, but denying its power. And then he says, from such people turn away. Uh, these people, he goes on in verse 7, are always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, Eric, if ever there's a time when today people are continually learning, but they're never able to come to a conclusion and say, this is what truth is, they are prepared to accept fake news. I can't believe what Paul's actually saying here, because to me, I think it's just so relevant. Yes, that's right. You know, in the Bible it says that uh, there'll be scoffers saying, you know, why have you waited so long? He's not yeah. going to come. Yeah. He yeah. actually says that. And what you've described here is our day. Yeah. What you've described with this evilness and is right now. We're living in this time of, uh, if you've ever studied uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 2 and, and, and the times of the statue, we are living right in the time when Jesus comes and sets yeah. up his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And what you've described there, the lovers of themselves and all these things, are all part and parcel of the of, how, of the condition of the, the moral The New Testament time. actually paints a really mm. big picture, doesn't it? Yes. You know, I mean, this is a picture that, you know, you can't turn around and say, well, maybe, perhaps, it, you know, it, it might be wrong because, hey, um, Paul is incredibly uh, forthright and accurate in what he's saying. But look, let me just talk. I'm conscious our time is starting to run away. Uh, let me just bring us to just one more question. You know, how would you uh, respond, um, Eric, to someone who says that uh, this belief about end times, because I know this is a really common one that I get a great deal, this belief about the end time, it's been preached by for over 2,000 years. You're still preaching. You're still harping on it. You know, isn't it time to, you know, admit defeat and move on? You know, how would you respond to that sort of person? Well, you know, to us, time, uh, it does seem to drag. I mean, you know, when we live in a society where we're so busy, have you, have you ever tried, you know, like sometimes I drop my little um, grandchildren off at uh, childcare and I've got to wait for 10 minutes in the car and I... I sit there. Ten minutes goes real slow when you're not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, So we get anxious and we start to worry and wait. But to me, uh, Jesus said he came to save everybody. And Jesus will not stand up. He will not stand up and come until the time is right when he has got the harvest ready. Yeah. And to you and I, we can be quite selfish as Christians thinking, well, Please, Lord, look at this evilness here. We want to come home. But there are those that have not yet part of his flock that are not there yet. And so, you know, and to and, us. And this is actually the point that Peter makes in his letter, isn't it? You know, mm. this is the thing, because you get Second uh, Peter 3, uh, 9, and, and this is what Peter says. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, the promise of his coming is what he's referring to, as some count slackness, but rather is long-suffering toward us, 
not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, to me, Eric, that verse is so important because I'm actually living in a in a day and age. There was a time when I used to be praying, "Hey, Lord, um, uh, please come tomorrow. Come tomorrow. You know, please hurry. You're coming." And you know, I still pray that prayer to an extent. But you know, the problem is, is that there are so many of my friends who are not ready for Jesus Christ to come. And I think too, Gary, when we we lo- we put our eyes outside the church on the lost sheep, and you see them as precious souls, and you're working with them and talking to them. You know, you want them, and you know, you you know that uh, you just wish you could wish them into the kingdom. It's their choice to yeah, come in on yeah. that, you know. And Jesus is lovingly working with them, and it's not our duty to win them. It is the Holy Spirit, you know. And and following on from that, in Peter three four, and it says, "Therefore, beloved, look forward to these things. Be diligent." And to be found by him in peace, be content, it says, but to be watching, you know, and I think we're living in exciting times. We, I know it's, it's, uh, it's a concern, all these things happening, but he says, don't worry about all those things. Mm-hmm. Just do the will of God and share God's love to bring the, the people in. And then he said, I will stand up when it's gone to all the world. And that's that's what we've got to accept as Christians. And this is this is this is why Peter was so adamant uh, in uh, in his letter that uh, God, as the loving Father, is not willing that you or me or anyone should perish, but that we all should come. You know, I, I can just think. You know, if he was to come right now, maybe there is someone who is listening to us right now who is simply not ready. For Jesus Christ to come. And so what does Jesus say? He says, hey, give me just another week that I might have, um, uh, that person might turn and might accept me. Now, there does come a time, and the book of Revelation talks about this, when he stands up and he says, let he that is holy be holy still, let he that is good, when finally uh, earth it becomes so incredibly corrupt that he's got no choice but to say, hey, stop it. It's time to stop, you know. Calling it quits, and you know that to me is is a time that uh, is yet future. But you know it's because we've got a God who cares about you and me mm-hmm. that you know He actually delays. But look, let's pray. Yep. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you for your love for us. Lord, I just want to pray if there's anybody uh, who might be listening to us right now who might be struggling. You know, Lord, if they're uh, might have have something which they know is separating them from you. I pray that indeed they might surrender it to you right now. Mm. Lord, I pray that indeed they might be the one uh, that Jesus is waiting for, that they might be the one to come to him right now. Lord, thank you for promising to make all things new. Thank you for promising to come again. Lord, thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending us Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray that you'd be with every single listener right now. I pray that you might descend on them by your Holy Spirit, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it uh, has come time uh, for... uh, for, for us to conclude, thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I share with Pastor David Butcher and ask, is talk about the end times just sensational fear-mongering? Really look forward to joining you. But until then, please remember Christ said, 
I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please come. Uh, please enjoy the Cox family. Will there be any stars? In the- 